We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hoss here in studio, Bobby Bear at the Silver Slipper in Mississippi, and Saints head coach Dennis Allen joining us now. And, Coach, we already know it was not the season that you wanted. It was not the finish that you wanted. 10-7 loss to Carolina, finish 7-10. and Spoke to the team today. You spoke to the media. What's, what's the next process of evaluation for coaching staff, uh, you meet with Mickey, you meet with Mrs. Benson. What, what is the process and schedule moving forward? Yeah, well, we, we uh, you know, I had an opportunity to, to meet with um, uh, the team today. Um, and then I spent some time visiting with, with Mickey today. We'll, we'll, we'll go through that process, you know, throughout this week. Um, and we're really going to go through a deep dive into the whole organization and, and things, you know, uh, self-action review of how did we do um, this season in certain areas. And we'll look at everything from players to coaching staff to medical, tr- uh, you know, the training room, the, the, the strength and conditioning. We're going to look at everything. And, and uh, we'll look at the things that we did well. Um, and we'll look at the things that we've got to improve on. And we'll We'll uh, set a plan and course to to uh, to improve in those those areas. Coach Allen, looking at uh, the game yesterday, and uh, boy, it's kind of started off uh, uh, coming out the gate smoking like we did against the Eagles. You know, you go eight plays, seventy-five yards, basically a four-minute drive, and you're up uh, seven to zero. And I'm looking how the defense uh, responded. Uh, you know, they went out, they went had uh, three and out, I'm going to say, and then uh, we get back on the field. And as, and it's all of a sudden the middle, or I should say the beginning of the second quarter. And there was a scenario, because I don't see Andy Dalton missing this too much. It was a third and six, and he missed Taysom Hill on the touchdown. I think he was focused on Alvin Kamara. I don't know if it was an option-type route. And uh, if you can break down that play for the fans, because, man, Taysom was wide open, and usually Andy hits that. And he might have been uh, focused just in trying to get a first down with Alvin. And then we all know uh, that Lutz uh, missed a 44-yard field goal. And it's like, what? Well, we should be up 14-0 for sure, 10-0. But And then it didn't go well from then. But what happened on that particular play? Yeah, well, look, it was, it was, it was part of the progression. And I think really, you know, Andy kind of, was thinking in his mind right now that he was going to get to get the ball to Alvin on a little option route underneath. And, and that has been a good play for us. Um, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, kind of Taysom came open and, and I don't think Andy really 
saw that. And, and so that was an unfortunate play that was a, you know, kind of a missed opportunity for us. Um, you know, when you really look at really the whole first half, um, you know, we, we drive the ball down, we get the touchdown on the first drive, second drive, you know, we missed that opportunity. Uh, and then we missed the field goal. Um, the next drive, we're down there, have an opportunity. We, you know, we, we end up going for it on fourth down, didn't get it. And then the very next drive, we have the ball again, you know, in, in the two-minute drive and have the ball down there in scoring territory and turn the ball over. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, that's the way the game went. And that, in that particular game, we had opportunities in the first half, really four drives that, you know, we have the ball in scoring territory and, and we're not able to come away with points. And that's, that's, that's discouraging. You know, uh, Coach Allen, uh, you know, talk about the fans. Uh, you know, they were telling me that they want to see Taysom in there whenever it's a short yardage situation. And Alvin Kamara was outstanding yesterday. He rushed for a season-high 107 yards. Uh, but then they thought that play was very predictable. Uh, he was stuffed a three-yard loss on fourth and short, sh- short uh, right there at the Panthers' 20-yard line. Uh, why wasn't maybe, they asked me, I said, oh, I'm asking Coach Allen, why wasn't Taysom in the game? Well, that, we had we had several plays up in, in short yardage situation. That was a play that we felt good about. Um, and look, anytime you're not successful, you're always going to get second guessed. Um, and and so um, I understand that that's part of it. Uh, we didn't get it there. Um, look, Taysom was dealing with a back injury um, all week long, um, and really it wasn't until you know, kind of a game time decision that he was even going to be active in the game. And so uh, there's a lot of factors that went involved in it. Um, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't make it. And, and certainly when you don't make it, then, then you open yourself up for, for questions as to why, uh, you know, we did what we did. Coach, what about the uh, kind of the impact of the game and how it impacted play calling both teams, out of the playoff situation, uh, not, not a whole lot to lose. Both teams went for it on fourth, team, fourth down. Both teams turned it over on downs. I mean, did that – I mean, had this been like a playoff game, would you have maybe – like in that second quarter when you went for it, like the Bobby was just talking about, is that is that one of those things that – Yeah, that, 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 that would have been different. That, that had – no, that had zero to do with it, you know. Um, look, I felt like we ran the ball effectively in this game. And, and uh, you know, there was a couple of times where – we needed to be able to run it and we needed to be able to, to gain yards and, and we weren't able to do that. But yet, if you watch the whole game, you'd say they ran the ball effectively in this game. Probably one of our better games just in terms of true running the football. Um, so that wasn't – that was, nothing in that game was about uh, we got nothing to lose. Um, everything in that game was about trying to win and, and we just weren't able to – uh, to make the plays we needed to to be able to win. Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, when I look at, uh, you talked about the impressive opening drive, uh, but after that opening drive, uh, you got to get points. Uh, you have the ball inside Carolina's Farley-Yard line uh, four times, and you fail to turn any of those uh, drives into points. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Was Will Lutz in a little bit of a funk this year? I mean, I know the double doink in Minnesota – he ends up going four of eight uh, from 40 to 49 yards, four of six from 50-plus. But uh, I don't know. The NFL, you got to make those kicks. I mean, uh, just, uh, you know, you got to make them. That could be the difference whether you win or lose. 
And uh, was he dealing with anything, or he just had a bad day, or, or what? No, he wasn't dealing with anything. He just didn't knock the ball through. And I think Will would tell you that, you know, he expects himself to knock the ball through in that situation. Um, and we expect him to knock the ball through in that situation. That's, uh, that's what we pay him to do. And, um, and, and look, that, that, that is a little bit of a microcosm of, you know, the season in that we've, there's been plays out there for us to make. Um, and we didn't make enough of those plays this year to put us over the hump. Um, but yet, there's also a lot of encouraging things that I saw um, in this season. I like the way that the defense finished out, um, not allowing a team to score more than 20 points in the last eight games. I think that um, got back to you know the type of defense that we're that we're used to seeing around here. You know, I like the I like the development of some of these young players like Alante Taylor. You know. Uh, like a Jawan Johnson, like a Rashid Shahid. Um, so there's some positive things. Chris Olave, I thought, had a good year. I thought, I thought Trevor Penning, his first shot out there at left tackle, I thought he played well. So there's a lot of encouraging things, and yet the discouraging thing is the record would indicate that we weren't as good as we needed to be. And so, uh, but like I said today in the press conference, I've been here for 13 of the last 17 years. And I've been a part of seven and nine teams. I've been a part of eight and eight teams uh, that have gone on and won Super Bowls and won four consecutive NFC South championships. You are listening to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Austin, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Saints head coach Dennis Allen along with Bobby Hebert. Keep it right here. This is the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Austin, Bobby Bear, along with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. And, Coach, as we went to break, you were talking about some of those young players, and I wanted you to talk a little bit more about Rashid Shahid. Uh, didn't play till week six, and I guess kind of talk about him in my and also address if you can. Like if Deontay Hardy doesn't get hurt and he's playing well, not turning the ball over, do we do we see Rashid Shahid this year? Well, look, I think that's a hypothetical question that's hard to answer. Uh, you know, because we didn't go through that situation, uh, but yet, uh, look. Look, I think as with any of these injuries that happen throughout the course of this, this year, had, had Marshawn Lattimore not had the injury that he had, would we have gotten the extended look at Elante Taylor um, and really found out exactly what we have in him? Um, yeah, had Deontay Hardy not gotten hurt, would we have seen this out of Rashid Shahid? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that he got his opportunity 
Um, and when he got his opportunity, he took advantage of it. And, it. and each time we gave him an opportunity to play, he proved that he deserved more and more opportunities. And I think, you know, towards the end of the year, I think he was, you know, a, a significant weapon for our offense. Now, uh, Coach Allen, before uh, I wanted to ask you a question about uh, Chris Olave and uh, in his progression, because uh, in my estimation, well, I'm going to go there first. Uh, and to me, he's like good to very good. I don't think he's great. Uh, you can't uh, more. He needs to make more contested catches. You cannot fumble the ball. You have to know uh, the opportunity, uh, the task at hand. And what I mean by that, I mean, uh, you say you had an outstanding rookie year. Uh, but when he coughed up the ball late in the first half, why in the hell he's trying to go out of bounds? We have two timeouts. You got to protect that football. So what if you go vertical? It seems like he's worried about getting going out of bounds, and he got pushed out. Was he aware we had two timeouts? Well, look, I, I don't. That wasn't a question that was asked to him, and I, I think that would be a better question for him to to uh, to be able to answer. Look, I think he look. I think he had a. I think he had a good rookie season. I think there's some things that he has to improve on. Um, you mentioned it. I think contested catches. I think is an area that he can improve. I think his run after a catch is an area that I think he can improve. Uh, but yet, he does understand football. He does understand how to get himself open. And when you watch the tape, he knows how to run a route and he knows how to get himself open. And and I think there there's. As with as with a lot of guys on our team, there's areas for improvement, and I think the run after the catch, I think the contested catch, is an area is an area that I think he can improve on. Now, Coach Allen, looking at uh, defensively, and I was a little discouraged because I always viewed us as a top ten defense, and we were middle of the pack. And you know, you've talked about this a little bit about scoring defense. You know, we started out two and five, then now you look at the last ten, ten games, uh, we're five and five, but. I'm going to go in before uh, the Carolina game. I'll say we were 5-4. and four. And then uh, you look at the first seven games. I mean, that's why I look at scoring defense. The first seven games, we gave up more points than any other team in the NFL with 200. And uh, right then, we had 15 sacks. So I said, man, for us to win, we got to be way more impactful defensively, top 10. And then, like you said, since week eight against the Raiders, I'm looking at scoring defense. Uh, we're number three. Pass defense, we are number one. Uh, completion rate, uh, opponent, uh, quarterback, 59%. Passer rating, only 77%, number one. Sacks, we are tied for second with 31. The question I have for you, and I don't know if you've ever witnessed this, but our pass defense, considering you talk about Lattimore being our plug-and-play, uh, Marcus Mann and uh, Tyron Matthews not even be able to play side-by-side, to me, it's unbelievable the amount of yards we did not give up with our pass defense. Because it was bottom line, it'd be a great accomplishment for another team if they had over 200 yards passing against us. Now, I know the pass rush comes into that, but uh, I thought, you know, Alante Taylor, you can name all the ones that contributed in our coverage in the secondary. Uh, but, but, but I thought we were outstanding, about as good as it gets when you, how you're trying to close out a season, especially since the Raiders game. Yeah, and look, Bobby. That's why when you have a when you have a process that you believe in, you have a philosophy that you believe in. You know, you don't panic when things don't go exactly the way that you know maybe you anticipated. But you know, over the long haul, that you're you're neither good nor bad until it's all said and done. And I think 
you know, over the course of the season, we just kept getting a little bit better defensively, a little bit better defensively, a little bit better defensively. Um, and, and so when you look at, you know, at the end of the year and you say you're, you're fifth in total yards and you're ninth in scoring defense, and uh, I think we ended up being second in pass defense. I mean, there was a lot of positives to, uh, to what we did defensively, and yet there's some areas that we can improve on. You know, I, I, we didn't stop the run as well this year as, as we have in, in, in previous years. We didn't create, create the amount of takeaways as much as we have in previous years. And so those are areas that you identify and you say, okay, we got to get better in those areas. But then how do we continue to enhance the areas that we, uh, that we had significant growth? And, and I think this year our pass defense showed significant growth. Coach, this show tonight's up against the college football championships. I know there's a lot of diehard Saints fans that are listening across the entire uh, Gulf South uh, Community Coffee Radio Network. I mean, what would be your message to them about this team's future, knowing what you're up against from a, from a cap standpoint and right now with no, no first-round pick? What, what would be your message to them? Well, I think the message would be is that there's still a foundation for a really good football team moving forward. Um, I'd say that there's some uh, young players that have shown significant growth and development. And I would say that, you know, again, like I said, we've, I've, I've been a part of that here where, um, you know, we, we go to the NFC championship game at 10 and six and then a seven and nine, eight and eight season. Uh, I came back here in 2015, we're seven and nine, seven and nine, and then we won four straight NFC South championships. So, uh, we're not far off from where we need to be. There's certainly a lot of areas that we have to improve on, uh, but yet I'm I'm encouraged as we move forward uh, that you know every single game this year, um, you know we we I, I feel like we were in every game and we and we had a chance, um, and so there's a half a dozen plays in each game that kind of are the you know, pendulum swinging plays in a game. And, and so now the, the key for us is how do we make those plays in the future? We are listening to Saints head coach Dennis Allen. This is the Saints Coaches Show. Going to take a break. Mike Austin, Bobby Bear back on the other side of this on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Austin, Bobby Bear and Saints head coach Dennis Allen won a challenge yesterday. You were four for four, I believe, uh, with challenges. Who, who's first in your ear? Uh, on that when when you're, they're looking at it upstairs in, in your coach's booth who who who, who, may, who kind of is first in your ear so to speak well so so really the process really is uh, Phil Galliano is in direct communication with Rizzy who's right there beside me on the uh, on the headsets and so my communication really is with Riz who's got the communication upstairs and uh, look I think we've done a good job on challenges this year I think we um, you know that that particular challenge the other day it, on the field um, as I'm watching it I thought I thought that Andy got the first down I didn't like the spot um, and yet you have to see concrete evidence on the replay that he got it so that you can win the challenge and and uh, you know line to gain uh, or um, Spot of the the ball is one of the least effective challenges, actually, um, in 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 all of challenges that are made. And so, 
Um, I wanted to make sure yesterday that that we had a good, clean view uh, that that you know said that the ball crossed the line, and and we felt like we had a good view, and we we went ahead and challenged it, and we won. Yeah, you end up being uh, Coach Allen four for four. I mean, that's perfect. You can't do better than that. But Coach Allen, before let's say you went to bed uh, Saturday night. And, uh, you know, you're dreaming, everyone's dreaming, and you wake up Sunday before the game, or you wake up early in the morning, and if all of a sudden that you, that you could be plus one in the turnover margin and Sam Darnold is going to throw for 43 yards and a couple of interceptions, you say there ain't no way we're going to win, not going to win, <laughs> right? Wouldn't you say? I, I would have I taken that one, Bobby. If, you know, <laughs> I probably would have slept better on Saturday night if you could have told me all those things, you know? No, it's just, you know, because sometimes, like, fans come up to me, Bobby, what is it with a team? I don't know. I don't know the mental makeup of a team. I know physically you can't play in the NFL if you're not physically talented. And, uh, and they've said, do you think at times, I said, I'm going to ask Coach Allen, do you think the time how you, at times with the team how you close out a game, are we mentally tough enough? You know, when you're handling adversity and, like, you talk about a handful of plays, because I don't think it's physical. I mean, everybody in the NFL physically can do things. But what about from a mental aspect? Where do you view the teams at? And uh, is it, does it vary from individual to individual or, or, or what? Because it's not much difference whether you're 7-10 and 10 or 10-7. and 7. Yeah, and so I would say this, Bobby. I would say I never question the mental toughness of this team. When you, when you really look at all the injuries that this team has faced, um, and you look at how this team has continued to fight and compete, even when the record didn't, um, you know, wasn't as good as we wanted it to be. Like the mental toughness, I don't challenge uh, with this football team. I, and and uh, I think that's been proven over and over. Now, um, have we executed as well as we needed to in critical moments? Well, maybe we haven't, um, but yet mental toughness is not something that I would ever question uh, about this team. You know, you win three of your last four um, after a heartbreaking defeat like we took at Tampa Bay. I think that shows a lot of about a lot of uh, uh, about this team in terms of mental fortitude. Coach Allen, I even said, uh, let me tell you, because I've been in cold games and I've been around players. In Cleveland, when you were down 10-0, to a lot of players don't want to stay on that warm bench. (laughs) Whatever. So I look at Cleveland, how we bounce back, and look at even when you're going on the road against basically number one seed now in in the Philadelphia Eagles and how we set the tone uh, from the get-go. So, uh, yeah, I I think it was uh, we we didn't take advantage of opportunities. But uh, that's why, uh, and I told fans this, I said it doesn't matter whether you agree with me or not. I can tell you right now, the team's playing hard for Coach Allen. They're not tuning them out. They're not turning them off. And I'm just being objective. I'm not just saying that because you're there, because I've said this a number of times, that the team is playing hard for Coach Allen. The Detroit Lions are playing hard for Dan Campbell. Look at the, sure. the Panthers. They're playing hard for Coach Wilkes. Look, all of a sudden, they fired their coach, Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco. Didn't you think, like, Carolina, they were playing? I mean, because uh, they easily no. could have went in another direction. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that they were playing hard for him. And, and, and yet I felt like, man, if we'd have taken advantage of the scoring opportunities in, it, it, you know, in that first half, that, um, that, that that game would have been totally different. So 
I, look, I think that says a lot for, um, you know, Steve Wilkes as a coach. It says a lot for Dan Campbell as a coach when your team continues to fight and play and um, when most people out there think there's nothing really to play for. Um, if you can get your team motivated to play hard and, 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 and play fast and those types of things, I think that's, uh, I think that's important. Well, Coach, it will be, uh, and we expect it to be a very interesting offseason. We appreciate your time. It was not, not the way you wanted it to end, but as always, better times ahead, and thanks for joining us tonight and this season. No, absolutely, guys. I enjoyed doing this with you guys. All right, Look thanks, forward Coach to doing Allen. it again. Okay. Right, take care. YouTube. All right, let's pause 10 seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. When we come back, we're going to speak with second-year offensive line assistant coach Zach Streif. Used to sit in this seat, also up in the booth. So we'll talk with Zach Streif about this season and what's ahead on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints radio network. And welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Austin, Bobby Bear, along with second-year offensive line assistant coach Zach Streif, who joins us in... It was tough yesterday, but I'm curious um, if you've ever been involved in a situation where, if my math is correct, and I might be missing something, so you, Calvin Throckmorton gets injured in the pregame, and that leaves you, I think, with six offensive linemen, and then Penning gets hurt. I mean, what 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 what, what comes next? Like, what's the next? What's Plan B if you'd had another offensive lineman go down? Well, uh, good evening, guys. Good to talk to you. Um, you know, we'd probably be looking for Troutman uh, if we had lost another. Unfortunately, um, you know, Trev got hurt late, and unfortunately, Trev got hurt late. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of time left in that game. But certainly, uh, unfortunate what happened to Throck. It's just same routine he does before every single game, and, and, you know, something happens in his back, and he can't stand up right. And uh, it's a tough deal and, and unfortunate. Um, it's tough to have somebody walk in and tell you, you know, 30 minutes before kickoff, hey, you're starting when you don't think you are. And so Josh had to step up, and he did a good job for us. And uh, it's just unfortunate how it all went down. So, uh, Zach, uh, boy, whenever you got a fourth and one, fourth and short, they kind of know what you're doing. And then um, I thought Alvin Kamara was running downhill yesterday. He rushed for a season-high 107 yards. But then uh, he got stuffed uh, for a minus three-yard loss on that fourth and short. And fans say, why didn't Taysom Hill, why he's not in there and all that? And, you know, all of a sudden we think it's going to be, you know, it could be 10-0 or 14-0. Uh, what happened with that particular uh, four-down play? Because I know that maybe they could uh, stop you, but it shouldn't be a three-yard loss. Did they, they outflank you well, or what? Well, yeah, I mean, we gave up penetration on two blocks on the front side of that call. You know, one of the things I think probably a lot of people didn't realize is you know, Taysom, Taysom was really battling through some some uh, issues. And, you know, we were trying to be a little bit more uh, cautious with him just because of what he was going through and, and you know, just, just kind of bruised up. And uh, so, you know, we had a couple of things in there for him. And yet, you know, we were so excited about how Alvin was running the football. So you like the call, you don't like the execution. And sometimes that's, you know, part of the deal. And, you know, you could always go back and say, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's throw a sneak there. We had another form of duo in the game plan that maybe would have given us a better chance to get to the edge. So, you know, ultimately you, you, you don't want to lose yardage. Um, and yet, you know, that's what happens. Sometimes you get beat across face and uh, you know, there's guys sitting there in the hole. And, and like you said, I think Alvin was doing a good job and I think we felt really good about getting the ball in that moment. Now, uh, Zach, uh, looking at how you piecemeal, uh, who's healthy, who's available. Uh, could you even see an opportunity uh, 
that like okay Ryan Ramchek he's always been available that uh, that down the road that uh, Trevor Penning uh, could be a right tackle and Ryan Ramchek a left tackle or you are you want him to stick uh, Ramchek to strictly uh, to strictly stay on the right side since he's been overall that's been his position or well, what about the flexibility there uh, when you look at like right tackle left tackle when you got young prospect like uh, Trevor Penning. And then also Landon Young, who I think uh, obviously has done an outstanding job uh, uh, replacing Ramchek. But uh, what, what is that out of the realm that maybe that would not happen, that having Ram, Ram, Ramchek being on the left side, uh, the blind side right-handed quarterback, and then having Penning as being a right tackle? You know, it's not really something that we've talked about. I think Ryan's pretty settled at this point. And when, you, when you've taken as many reps as Ryan has at one spot, uh, there are some functional changes that happen to your body. I mean, legitimately, like some muscles get loose and some tight. And I mean, there's there's a lot of unraveling that happens after a season to try to rectify some of that when you're a one-sided player like those guys are. So we've never really talked about moving Ryan over to the left side. You know, he, he was there early in his career. Um, you know, his first start was at left tackle against the Vikings in 17. So, you know, obviously he has the ability to do it. He did it at Wisconsin. But at this point, I think he's settled and – you know, we've really focused Trevor on the left side. And, you know, the young player you're trying to develop, I don't think you're doing him any favors by flipping his brace foot and, you know, turning everything in reverse. So um, we haven't talked about that. I do think that Landon um, has shown true flex for us. I think he's played on both sides. He's done a good job developing it right. Um, I thought he played well yesterday for us at right tackle. And so it's good to have that guy that can kind of bounce back and forth. And he's done that for us starting at both spots. So, I think the tackles are kind of uh, are, are somewhat settled on the sides for now, and Landon's kind of your swing guy. So, Zach, uh, I don't think I've ever seen, you know, really the last two weeks such a total domination in the first half. So, in Philly, total yards, Saints had 247 to 61, and yesterday 234 to 60. But the inability to put points on the board beyond that first drive – do you think, like, like Coach Allen talked about it a little bit, but it would have impacted Carolina's ability? They were they they couldn't have stayed with the run. They would have had to have thrown the ball. They might have down, you know, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing, ten nothing, something like that. But the inability to score kind of allowed them to kind of keep their game plan, right? Yeah, I think I think offensively, our inability to close people out and and kind of deliver that that you know these fatal blows in certain points of the game has has really hurt us this year and. That's disappointing, and that's disappointing, you know, from a coaching standpoint that we haven't been able to put those guys in that position enough times, and I know it's disappointing for the players to not, you know, finish those off. And, you know, I remember coming in from the uh, Philadelphia game and and how excited, you know, the group was for finishing that game on offense and, you know, running the clock out. And, and, you know, that's something that we have not done a good job of or we did not do a good job of this year, and I think it hurt us. You know, it kind of hurt us over and over again. So, you know, when when we kind of turn around and we start looking at self-scouting and, you know, things that we've done, you know, well and things that we haven't, I think the ability to put our guys in a position in practice of feeling like, you know, they're they're practicing finishing somebody I think is important. And there are ways to do that. And clearly we haven't put them in that position, in, in, you know, enough times. And, and I think the results are on the field right now because – uh, we had a chance in that game, I think, to make that a pretty difficult comeback for them. And you let a team hang around, and especially a team that's been, you know, believing in themselves, and, and you know, you can end up on the wrong end of that. Now, uh, Zach, uh, when you look at Trevor Penning, obviously uh, much is given, much is required. Your first-round draft pick. 
It seems like he has that killer instinct uh, that he's a run mauler. Would you say is this a fair assessment uh, that in offseason, whether it's footwork, whatever, uh, just to be a better pass protector? Because you have to do that in, in this day and age. Uh, uh, I can look at when you had him in the jumbo package. I think it was the Cleveland game uh, where he just mauled a couple of individuals. So I'm not worried about uh, that aspect of his game. But wouldn't you say that, uh, boy, that's where he needs to really hone in uh, is that overall, whether it's technique, uh, hand placement, footwork, and all that as far as a pass protector, because I think he can be an awesome run baller. Yeah, I think um, obviously that was the same thing that you saw really out of Trevor in college. He's an outstanding run blocker. He, I thought uh, he was he was an impactful run blocker for us yesterday. Um, there's a, there's a couple plays where you know there's just a lot of movement that he can create. He's a big, powerful man, um, and there's no question that you know protection. Bobby, I know you're a little bit of a historian. You know about the sweet science and you know, boxing and the footwork required to deliver a blow and where weight goes and gets distributed. And, you know, it's a, it's a form of dancing almost. And, and it takes time and some people have it very naturally and some people don't. And I would say most people don't. And it's something you got to learn and develop, you know, what's great about Trevor is he's got all those natural tools to grow and develop with. Um, what's unfortunate for Trevor now with the injury that he suffered is, you know, he's going to miss a lot of time and those are reps that you miss. And, you know, my, my heart kind of breaks for the kid, even just mentally to go through the injury that he already had and then have to rehab another one um, is gonna is tough. And um, I think he came through the last one the right way, he went about it the right way. Um, but I'm bummed for him that he's going to miss those reps because, like you said, I think those reps are, are needed for him and, and that development needs to come, you know, during practice. And, and it's a shame that he's going to miss some time here. What about for Zach Streif? What was the biggest difference for you year two from year one? Well, I didn't feel like they were all speaking Greek all the time, so that was good. Um, there's a big difference between playing and coaching. I think that sometimes your perception of as a player is, is that, you know, you probably think you know more than you do. And certainly never when I was preparing to, to play a game as a lineman was I worried about force patterns in the secondary and what coverage and where's the support coming and who's the force play. Those are things that I just, I just didn't have to think about it. Right. You don't have to, you're worried about blocking the guy and that's what you get paid to do. And so uh, there's been a lot of growth. I think it's been pretty amazing um, having Doug back, uh, Doug Marone back in, in the offensive line room and, you know, not just to learn, you know, with him and, and offensive line stuff, but really it's kind of a master class in the NFL and, and how it all works and how it all fits together and, you know, game management and clock management and all that stuff. He, you know, he's a head coach for over a decade and um, he's a wealth of knowledge. It's been fantastic getting back with him. And I think, my, you know, most of my big changes as a coach have come from that time I've gotten to spend with him and, um, you know, just kind of, just kind of pick his brain constantly and, and, and kind of grow uh, from his experience. Well, we, as always, appreciate your insight. Uh, uh, best of luck. Hope it's a great off season. I know you get some downtime with, with the family. And, uh, man, just just thanks for joining us tonight. Zach. Absolutely, fellas. Good talking to you. We will take a break. Bobby, we will say goodbye for just a little bit. You'll be back for the second part of uh, Second Guest Show. But Mike Dettelier will join us next. But as always, Bobby, appreciate your time. All right, Hoss. We will take a break and talk with Mike Dettelier on the backside. This is the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. It is the final Saints Coaches Show of this season. And we'll go back out to the Silver Slipper where Mike Dettelier joins us. And Mike, uh, you know, there's so much 
you know, kind of action items on the list for this team. And some of it they control and some of it they don't control. And what they don't control is Sean Payton. But it just feels to me like you can you can bank that. Like, I feel like that's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, correct? Agree. And he makes the call. Okay. You know, people talk about leverage. No, Sean got the leverage. Sean's going to basically tell you where he's going to go. And you just got to come up with the compensation uh, in exchange for it. So, yeah, uh, and, and you're going to get decent compensation back for him. So you can help retool your team. Uh, but I think the biggest thing, Mike, is the decision on what you're going to do at the quarterback spot. And just fortunately, you know, you see how the AFC is stacked, okay, with Josh Allen, with Mahomes, with Burrow, with Herbert. I mean, you know, it's one after the other after the other uh, that, that you're looking at here. That That isn't the case in the NFC. And I'm interested to see what happens with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. They have come to an impasse with no long-term deal. And it would seem to me that that's going to be a parting of the waves in the offseason. With as many teams that were after Deshaun Watson and issues off the field – about Deshaun, man, Lamar is going to have unbelievable interest in him. And if I'm the Saints, I take a long look at that. But you got to solve your quarterback issue first, and then I think you have to look at some other areas, uh, interior offensive line, especially at guard, uh, because, you know, Andrus has just been hurt so many times. You need a power back, and I think you need a big man receiver at, at, at wideout with, you know, not having Michael Thomas. Uh, on defense, I think you can add stuff here and there. But defensive line is going to be what can you re-sign, who can you bring back. But I think the focus of this offseason is going to be on the offensive side of football and what happens at quarterback. No, you're right about the quarterback situation. And beyond Lamar Jackson, who they could always you know, franchise tag, but if they franchise tag him, he could still negotiate for long-term deals with, with other teams. But there's like 38 free agents quarterbacks out there and you know Aaron Rodgers will will be one of them but most of the names are, are the guys that you know uh, very few of them are starters uh, the Teddy Bridgewaters and the Jacoby Brissett's and the Drew Locks of the world and so they, there's not a whole lot of options out there for this football team yeah and this isn't a quarterback heavy draft like it will be in 2024 um, where you got Caleb Williams and the kid from North Carolina me is uh, I think he's a young Andrew Luck I mean, he looks like that as a football player. And so there there are a lot more options in 2024. To me, Bryce Young, clear-cut, the number one guy. Now they're going to have some con men try to convince you somebody else isn't the top quarterback in his draft class. But, man, I've seen enough of Bryce. And he's, he's out the ordinary, okay? And, Mike, I've always felt, you know, prototype size and all uh, there's there's always that part of it when you think about picking somebody early but there's always that exception to the rule and I think Bryce is one of those guys um, you look at Barry Sanders he wasn't a real big back <laughs> look what he did in this league and and yet I do think guy like Bryce I think has got an unbelievable future and Archie told me this last year. We, we watching him throw at Manning, and he was like, Mike, you don't have to go to Wikipedia. You saw him. He reminds me of Fran Tarkenton. Wow. That's, that's who Bryce Young reminds me of. But one thing with it, Mike, he's a five-star general out on the field. Man, he takes control. 
born leader, uh, a guy that is so accurate with his throws. Man, don't give me somebody that I got to work with a long time. Because sometimes if either you got it or you don't. That There's no kind of bridging around there on the accuracy part of it. So be an interesting offseason with not a lot of quarterback options come draft time, even though I think you probably have four of them going round one. Um, who's going to help you right away in that spot? Who's going to help you right away? I think Lamar, as much as Sean is the talk of the offseason as a coach, it'll be Lamar Jackson as a player. Yeah, and initially the Saints will have to really just look within, not not a quarterback now, just their free agents. Uh, they've got like, you know, of just unrestricted, you know, a, a significant uh, number. Uh, JT Gray, P.J. Williams, Andy Dalton, Jarvis Landry, Marcus Davenport. But I, I want to ask you about Caden Ellis, who's also uh, you better one, sign of those, him. one of those. He feels like a Trey Hendrickson getting ready to happen again. Yeah, exactly. That That's a good point. And you can see it, his progression. And also you got to look into the future. Okay, you're paying him now, but look down the line. Uh, how many more years does Demario Davis have? Now, now, Demario doesn't play like a guy in his 30s. And, Mike, he is an exception to the rule that he's played better in the latter part of his career than he did early. Because normally your peak years are like that 24 to 29. But Demario is beyond that. It, it's unbelievable how he's been able to hit it. But I think that's also something to take into consideration when you're talking money to Caden. He got so much better in the coverage part of the game. He's healthy. His ability to run the field. And he ain't no small guy. Man, he's a, he's a guy that I saw so much in college. They used him as a pass rusher like a defensive end. He can rush the quarterback. And his ability to run east and west is so good. And you got something there uh, with you know, Pete Werner and also Caden as young linebackers to build upon. The same thing you have at corner. Come on. Everybody talking about, man, let's see what maybe we can do with Marshawn Lattimore. What? You kidding me. Well, Marshawn Lattimore, he ain't going nowhere unless somebody gives me a godfather offer. And I, I think a lot of Elante Taylor. I think he's one hell of a football player. And Paulson Adebo is a good prospect, too. So you got three really good corners there. Man, how many teams can say that? Mike, they, they hard to get in this league. They're really hard. And your ability to match up, and I think your numbers show how well they played late in the year, despite the fact, you know, you were kind of always missing a bit and a piece of that secondary. It's just felt like, and Coach talked about it, I mean, they, this, they won, but the, if you, uh, the defense, if you go all the way back to week eight, go back to week eight, uh, this defense gave up an average of 14 and a half points a game. That's week eight. That was the Las Vegas shutout. So since that time, the final 10 games, you give up 14 and a half points and you lose five of those 10 games. That's unbelievable. Yeah, Mike, it goes to show you, I, I do believe this, and I told this to Bob, that uh, the end of the season sort of tells you where you got to go to get better. And it's certainly on the offensive side to football. Because your defense played lights out. Now, how many of those pieces can you bring back in 2023? That's something, you know, Mickey's going to have to have major input on along with Dennis Allen and solving that along with Kai Harley, right. uh, who's the guy that, that sort of 
can configure all those numbers. Seems to but, do it every year. Man, man yeah. listen, he, he's worth his – I don't know what they're paying him. Man, listen, Kai, I'm not your agent, but I could be. Uh, man, <laughs> yeah, you, you're doing one hell of a job. And, and how him and Mickey work together in getting those numbers down has been amazing the last couple of years when you've been over $100 million over the cap to start everything. All right, my friend, thank you. Thank Mike you, Dettelier, Thanks to everybody to listening on the Saints Coaches Show. My thanks to Charlie Long, our booth producer. This is the final Saints Coaches Show of the season. Good night and have a great offseason here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.